Hi there, my name is Carrie Conover and I went from classroom teacher to ed tech leader to CEO in five years. I'm here to share the stories and wisdom of teachers who have successfully transitioned from the classroom to the boardroom. Let me help you let go of the guilt, start building your skills and create your own path to a new career outside of the classroom. Welcome to Classroom to Boardroom. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to this episode of Classroom to Boardroom. I am so glad we are back and recording and interviewing and inspiring all of you out there who are thinking about making a transition into the education ed tech space. Today, I have a guest who has done that very journey himself. John Putnam, welcome to the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. Thank you, Carrie. So, John, uh, we met a few weeks ago. So this is going to be a fun podcast episode because I actually don't know you that well, but in the hour we spent together on that Google Hangout, I feel like we had an instant connection, like we got each other. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think this is going to be just as personable. Sometimes you only have to spend an hour with a person to know that they are a good human being. So let's get started. Why don't you tell us the general story of your career? Sure. So like everybody else, started out as a classroom teacher, had experience working in kindergarten and as well as second grade, and absolutely loved the experience and was really just really eager to start my education career. But, you know, and a few years into it, decided that there was there was a desire to look for something else. And, you know, the, the reason behind that is because basically, in, you know, in college or between degrees, I ran a sports facility uh, and managed that. And that gave me a taste of operations management and which I really love just seeing all the things that you had planned and working with individuals to basically make a project come to fruition. Uh, so what I really wanted to do is, and I didn't know at the time if it was out there, is combine my education experience as well as that operations management experience. Uh, so then just really started looking and found found a position working with an after school company. I uh, started my management career there and it just went on from there, whether it was after school, preschool, uh, whether it was multi-units, multi-state, nationwide, uh, worldwide, uh, and then really just led into operations and business development. Can you, for someone who is listening to this that is only ever taught, they might be thinking, well, what do you mean by being an operations leader? So can you dig into what you mean by that a little bit more? Sure. Just really looking at projects and streamlining processes within an organization. So one thing I can I can tell you is all teachers are operations leaders. You have your classroom, you have your 20 to 30 students in there, and you have to make sure that runs tip top. And, you know, that's one of the things that really, it, that skill translates into the business world. And just making sure that everything is taken care of and pre-planned so execution is flawless. 
You know, it's interesting, just a sidebar here. When I was working at eSpark Learning, I had always worked, John, on the customer success side of things. And I stepped into a role about two years in where I was working with our more strategic accounts on the customer success side, but they asked me to become more of a sales operation person. And so I was in charge of our entire book of renewals and expansions and making sure those contracts got closed. And I remember going to my review uh, with my boss at the time and our CEO and David, the CEO looked at me, he goes, I never knew that you had this operational side to you. I always thought of you as like the person that can get in front of a room and talk and, you know, explain the product. And it was interesting. I, I guess I had that operational side because I was a teacher. Like you have to be good at that operational side. Well, I don't, I guess I don't have to say you have to, but most successful teachers do have that operational side to them. Would you agree? Absolutely. So how did you know you wanted to do something other than teach? Well, it was really looking at, you know, inside myself is, you know, what I really wanted to do in terms of using my skill set, using my love for interaction and, and interpersonal uh, relationships and, and how I could bring those to the table in a productive manner. But at the same time, I still wanted to be in education. I mean, there is no doubt in my mind that you know, ultimately serving students is was my goal. So really looking at you know what I wanted to do, how I wanted to get it done, um, you know, it, the transition I would say w- was not entirely simple. Um, I did wait until the end of the school year uh, to leave my teaching position, but then I was searching for a few months, uh, you know, looking to see what was what would be a good fit. I didn't really want to jump at the first thing that presented itself. Uh, but, you know, once I found something that kind of fit my interests and, uh, you know, that was still working with students and working with teachers, uh, that really just kind of, it clicked. And did you ever have any guilt about that? Did you ever feel bad about that tr- transition? A hundred percent, Carrie. <laughs> I, if I, I don't know that I'm going to interview anyone that I ask that question and they say, oh, no, no, I felt no guilt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all, all of us, we go into teaching to make an impact. You know, we want to we want to support kids. We want to, you know, help them. And when you walk away from a classroom, when you walk away from, you know, walking into a classroom every morning and seeing those kids, you know, and, ha- and knowing the impact you have on them and then walking away from that, that is, I was very guilt-ridden, extremely guilt-ridden. How did you get past that, do you think? So, I, you know, one of the goals was to stay in education so I could ultimately stay in touch with students. And one of the things I tried is being an adjunct professor. Uh, So, you know, it was obviously a little older students, but still it was working with students, Uh, but really just focusing on positions where I would ultimately get to still work with kids. And, you know, when in, when in a management, when an operations role, uh, when supporting teachers, you can still actually go to the classroom or the after-school program or the daycare centers 
or the enrichment programs, and you can see the kids interacting with the content that you worked with or you developed, uh, and, and it's just that much more rewarding. So looking back, like on your career so far, you transitioned. How do you think that you made those first steps? Like more logistically, what did you do to land that first role? What are some of the things that you think back on and thought, think like I, I did well in this area, which let, led me to a new role? Well, honestly, it was a lot of failure and learning. Uh, so, you know, that's that's where I learned the most of you know, during that transition is not being afraid to fail and being, being really motivated to learn quickly. Uh, So I knew I had certain skill sets that would apply outside the classroom. And really, it was that leap of, you know, I know I could do it, I had faith in myself. And really just applying those skills. And, And again, just not being afraid to fail. And then, of course, having having uh, an organization that supports you through those. So looking back on, on your career so far, how do you think you've grown or changed the most professionally? So I think, you know, one of the things is that I've always worked with people and 90% of the time, those people have been teachers. So developing a deeper understanding of people and how to work with and how to communicate and how to motivate. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different aspects of, you know, I, I referenced interpersonal relationships before. Uh, and, and that's just how, how are you going to work with individuals on a team? You know, in a classroom, you're kind of kind of siloed, uh, you know, and, and unless you have your grade level meeting or your PLC time with other other teachers. Uh, but in in an organization, in a company, you're, you're usually teamed up. You're usually leaning on individuals to work on a project and, you know, understanding the processes and really getting to know individuals and their strengths and weaknesses. That's, that's kind of where I've grown the most is identifying those to get things done quickly and efficiently. That's amazing. I think it's interesting. Um, one of the things teachers do well is manage people. Now, sometimes those are high school age or elementary age or, you know, five-year-olds. But I think a lot of teachers have that talent of being intuitive, being empathetic, um, being able to build relationships. And that transfers very well, even into a role that is like an operations role. You still might, might be managing people and need to use some of those skills. And And let's talk a little bit about working in sales. We've talked about this operational side. For you doing sales uh, or business operations, however we want to frame it, what's your favorite part of doing that job? So as teachers, we all have insights to the issues that, you know, may or may not exist within the school systems or, you know, looking at different ways how we can support student learning. And when working in sales, you know, you 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 go to a company and you are most likely selling a product that is there to support student learning or making teachers' lives easier, and you know, believing in that product and then knowing you can take that product back to a school or a teacher and say, hey, this is going to make your life easier by A B C because this is the this is what I experienced when I was a teacher. I think that is probably the my favorite part 
uh, is just providing a great solution. Now, the, the way we met is because you had reached out to me. I think we were connected because you are working for a company that has an amazing tool for teachers and solving problems in schools. And so first, if you would tell us a little bit about the company you're working for now and apply that, what you just told us about, you know, bringing a solution, how that applies to you in this role uh, currently. Yeah, great. And, you know, I'll, right. so right now I'm a head of business development for Schoolytics and we are a student data platform. And what that means is we are taking data sets from various sources and combining them into a singular view so teachers and administrators can act swiftly. Um, and to, to basically break that down is we are taking LMS data that you know, student grades, uh, student assignments, uh, students' video meets, uh, you know, anything that the student is doing within your regular day, and, and you know, that, that translates into engagement. Uh, so we take that data as well as information from um, third-party learning apps. So obviously we all know that over the past year, learning app usage has increased dramatically. So we take a look at that information combined with the LMS. And then also one of the things that we're, we're doing is combining information from student information systems and assessment platforms. So, you know, EdTech is booming right now. So there are a ton of different companies, platforms, dashboards that educators can be looking at. And what Schoolytics is trying to do is tie everything into a singular dashboard to save teachers time. I mean, say it louder so everyone can hear you in the back. Save teachers time. I mean, I remember I was obsessed with data in the classroom. I actually liked student testing. Nobody throw anything at me. But I love, I mean, I framed it well for my students so they didn't think it was stressful. And um, I loved getting that data. It, it gave me so much information on what I could do moving forward in my classroom, what I needed to focus on, what I had done well. And there was so much of it. Like I remember looking at those NWEA data reports and I could have gone down so many rabbit holes. And so to have a tool that would be able to pull all of this information together for me as a teacher and say, hey, here's the important stuff that you need to know. It sounds pretty much like a dream come true. <laughs> We've actually got had that feedback from a few teachers, which is which is awesome because that's kind of goes back to why I love doing what I'm doing is you're making a teacher's life easier, especially nowadays. That's 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 huge. Yeah, I agree. So what are some of the soft skills that you think people need to have to be successful in a sales role? Yeah, I think I think the biggest one is listening. And that is actually active listening and not just Kind of those head nods. And I think one of the things when people think of sales, it's like, okay, well, I have, I have a widget and I'm going to sell it to you. Um, you know, that, that's not true. It's, it's, I, I know for many times in my past, you know, sometimes the product didn't fit and that didn't mean that I wouldn't suggest something else. Um, you know, <laughs> probably my former employers didn't like that I did that, but, <laughs> you know, being a teacher at heart, I want the best solution for the school. Um, yeah. and, and if that is, a, if that's a different product, then, you know, absolutely. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's actually, you know, solve the issue. And that's another, you know, problem solving. Uh, 
Um, you know, you got to be able to recognize what's going on. And if the school doesn't need what you're selling, wh why bother? Uh, you know, exactly. so, you know, don't, don't wait. You're just wasting people's time. Um, and then of course, I think the, the, one of the other biggest ones is organi organization skills. Um, you know, cause you have to be able to organize all your contacts, your leads, your, you know, your communications, uh, you know, that's, that's a big thing is teachers and right now and administrators right now, their plates are absolutely full. So they may not, you know, you may reach out and they say, okay, well, reach back out to me in two months. Well, you better have a system that you reach back out to them in two months and know everything about that school and that, that district uh, that you can bring to the table so you don't have to waste their time and saying, well, here, tell me about your district. No, you want to know about what issues they're facing and how you can help solve those problems. Yeah. And what to, well, first of all, the thing I've learned from all my amazing sales colleagues that I've worked with in the past is you don't leave a meeting without another meeting. So if they say yeah. two months, you literally say, <laughs> let's pull out our calendars right now and put that on the calendar. Yep. <laughs> but also documenting where to pick up after those two months. You're absolutely right. Like how annoying would that be if you went back and you tried to start from square one with that district? No, they want you to come back in two months leaving off, you know, where you left off. You don't need to do a product demo if you've already done that. Like having, taking notes so that you, you know, don't waste their time, I think is, is so key. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of tools out there that can support that. So it's not, so, you know, when I was a teacher, I, I remember my green lesson plan book that I had to write everything in, Yep. Um, you know, and I had to hand it in at the end of the school year. Uh, so, you know, with, with sales, you know, there's, there's other tools. There's, of course, there's technology that uh, can, can assist you with all of this. Um, and, and that kind of fits into what other skills you would need is you have to understand one, the product, but you also have to understand the business software that's being used. Uh, CRMs and project management platforms are phenomenal. So, you know, when we were just talking about those, those notes, those can be put into a CRM that, you know, you could quickly reference. We were talking about, I had asked you about hard skills and you put CRM. Um, for those of you listening, well, for those of you that are in the classroom to boardroom course, I mean, the first thing we do in module two is sign up to start to learn how to use Salesforce. Because whether or not the company you goes to uses Salesforce once you're inside one of those, they kind of all are all the same. Would you agree? Like you kind of just have to get the general understanding of how those work. Um, Absol yeah, absolutely. I, I, actually, Salesforce is one of the first systems I started out with many, many years ago. And if you, if you know one, it translates immediately over to all the others. When you think about, you know, let's wrap this up thinking about the teacher that's listening this, to this right now and they're out there and they feel like they're applying to job after job after job, maybe feeling a little hopeless. <laughs> what advice would you give them about staying the course and in general about making this transition? Yeah, I think, you know, st absolutely stay committed. If you, if you are, if you know what you want and then, you know, go for it. Also, prepare yourself. So not only, you know, brush up your resume and adjust it, adjust the language to fit more of a business, you know, kind of that business language, uh, but 
Also take some courses. There's some free courses, HubSpot, LinkedIn, or Google. They offer free certifications. Also, if you're on LinkedIn, connect with individuals that kind of fit your, you know, your background uh, that may have transitioned from the classroom uh, and, and ask them questions. I, I know I'm more than happy to uh, answer any questions for anyone that is thinking about taking that move. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of skills that you already have that translate. And one of the things that you just need to do is figure out how to translate those skills that you have into words, uh, meaning, you know, put it on your resume and, and be prepared for that interview uh, to, to talk about those and provide, you know, examples. Yeah. I mean, in our segment, in our module about interviewing, I do a whole training on behavioral interview questions and how you can look at a job description and be ultra prepared for that interview, thinking through, basically, they're asking you questions about your behaviors in your past. So if you are a C2B member, go check that out because that does really help you get prepared and do exactly what John is saying, which is transfer those skills. So John, thank you so much for being a guest on the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. I look forward to getting to know you even further, and uh, I really appreciate your time today. All right. Thanks, Carrie. It was great. Once again, if you are interested in our podcast, make sure you subscribe so that you get notifications when new podcast episodes are released. To you joining me each week for Classroom to Boardroom, welcome to this new podcast. Until next time, my friends, take care.